This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. A newspaper company in Nova Scotia has started to put obituaries behind a paywall. This caught the attention of journalist Rebecca Dingwell, and Rebecca has some more thoughts on this situation and the practice of putting obituaries behind a paywall. So let's start by saying good morning to Rebecca out there in the Halifax area. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning. So... Let's just get a bit of an overview here. What is the situation with the company Saltwire? Yeah, so Saltwire, I think most people in the Maritimes who consume news will recognize that name. They own a lot of papers out this way, uh, namely the Halifax, with largely considered to be the paper of record here, the Chronicle Herald. So uh, recently, Saltwire, um, although they do post obituaries online these days, they made the decision that um, obituaries were going to be one of the things that they put behind a paywall. Some of their articles are, are paywalled, some aren't. What's considered quote-unquote premium goes behind a paywall. I don't know how they determine that, but um, yeah, I guess suffice to say that obituaries are now going behind a paywall as well. Why does this decision not sit right with you? I think, first and foremost, people pay um, hundreds of dollars, if my understanding is correct, for uh, an obituary to be printed in any newspaper, really. It's not just an issue with Saltwire, but they're already paying hundreds of dollars to have that printed. So then, again, to put it behind a paywall doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's kind of like um, other people have pointed out, it's almost like putting sponsored content or like an ad behind a paywall. Uh, this has already been paid for, so why, why are you getting readers to pay for it again? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then just kind of from, I guess, the, the moral standpoint is I think that the death industry in general tends to be very predatory and, um, you know, hits the bereaved with a whole bunch of really high, um, in some cases, really stressful costs. So I think it just kind of adds to the the darkness that I feel it is around that whole industry that I, I wish was not there. Rebecca, there, there are actually a lot of threads to pull out from that one answer, but, but let's talk about the industry more broadly, the industry around dying, because I've had a very similar reaction as a few family members and friends have passed over the years. I was stunned when I got a closer look at what it costs to arrange funeral services or, or, or coffins or burial plots, or even if you're moving towards more of like the cremation model, it's thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars just for a family to quote, I'm putting the air quotes on this, pay tribute to a loved one. It, it, it really like, it, it, it really struck me as an upsetting practice in a very upsetting and traumatic time for a lot of people. 
I completely agree. And I had a similar experience when my dad died several years back. And I've kind of never been the same since then in the way that I, I think about death and the death industry. And, you know, we, we talk about cremation, for example, and I understand that is a practice that takes up a lot of energy. So it is a costly practice. And I can understand logically why it costs money. But I think it's one of those things that pe people don't know that there are other options or that maybe those options aren't offered to them. I'd love to just, I, hopefully when I die, I just, somebody just puts me directly in the ground. Um, if anything, that, that's what I would prefer. Um, but I feel like people don't necessarily know there are other options aside from what sort of, uh, typically offered or what is the quote unquote right thing to do. I, I think we need to have conversations about, um, you know, why, why are we actually doing these things this way? And maybe we need to um, shift our understanding and our, our sort of uh, the way we deal with it in Western culture, because I feel like um, it's not talked about enough and it's not, um, you know, the, the options aren't explored enough. It's getting a little bit better, but yeah. in general. I, I want to come back to the obituary side of this because that's obviously the jumping off point for this conversation. What are the other options? If somebody doesn't want to pay hundreds of dollars to have their obituary printed and then posted online and then not have to pay to get behind the paywall to read the obituary of a friend or a loved one. So there are a few things. Um, there is, um, and I, I hesitate to call this free because you do have to pay to have a funeral, but the funeral home will post an obituary, quote unquote, free. And I think it's legacy.com that has a compilation of those. So if you are having a funeral, um, that is an option. Um, I actually launched a WordPress site a few weeks ago, um, and it's called NovaScotiaObituaries.org. And I decided that I was just going to do a pay-what-you-can obituary blog site situation. Um, I've gotten a, a bit of attention towards it. I haven't gotten any requests for posts yet, but it was just something I thought of. If, if I can offer this for free um, and nobody's done it yet, why why wouldn't I? So um, I'm just focusing on Nova Scotia for now. But if you are in Nova Scotia, that is an option. You can contact me there and um, I'll help you out. Give that address one more time there, uh, Rebecca. It's NovaScotiaObituaries.org. So the last thread that I would pull at here in this conversation, and not to get too engaged in media navel-gazing, as soon as you brought this story to the production team, it got the wheels rolling in my head about the way in which newspapers are part of the fabric of a culture, but how culture, because of the online world, has somewhat pivoted away from newspapers. There was there were a lot of reasons why you used to have to pay a dollar or two dollars to pick up a paper at the local convenience store, dip in or get it delivered to your doorstep. And it was things, quite literally, like sports scores, movie listings, and things like obituaries. That was something that people read every single day day because they wanted to know if a friend or a family member or a colleague or a loved one or an acquaintance passed away and it was a way to enrich 
a community spirit, even in a time of sadness or passing. And the more that newspapers continue to pivot away from the things that create community and create fabric and put those pieces together, the more that society as a whole is going to continue to pivot away from newspapers. I know for people like you and myself who are journalists and broadcasters, we, it, it, it's a sad reality. It's a reality that we know. But this speaks to the institutionalism of newspapers, maybe forgetting what their core purpose and identity is in a community. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's somewhat ironic as somebody who, you know, writes a monthly column for Saltwire and is freelance for them. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that, and that's interestingly part of the justification that Saltwire put out for putting obituaries behind a pay paywall. Well, you used to have to pay for the newspaper anyway to get these. So it therefore, it makes sense for you to have to pay to get them online. And logically, I can I can I can follow that thread to a point. I'm like, okay, I, I see what you're saying. However, um, the way we consume newspapers, whether it's a physical paper or not, has changed. And you're right, the way um, I think that whether we like it or not, there is, um, in a way, some of these media companies almost act as a mirror to our community and our culture. And I think um, that one of the biggest issues right now, in my opinion, with papers is them kind of digging their heels in and saying, well, we want it, we still want to do things the way that we've always done them as much as possible, even though it's been proven that that, that doesn't work. You know, newspapers are shutting left and right and, and they're not making money, which is why they make questionable moves like this one. Um, but, you know, it's like, well, why are you trying so hard to push against and, and move against the grain when you can say, okay, how can we work with the way that people consume news and how people read things now? How yeah. can we work with that and make it work for us? Yeah. What are the things that are going to drive traffic that you don't want to put behind a paywall? And it's a very delicate balance, right? Because you want to make sure that if you're getting people, to, you, you want people to get behind the paywall, right? You want people to spend the money to pay for the content. And that's important. You know, I think you and I can both agree as people who make content that we want people to, to, to pay for it or, or offer something for it for our services. This isn't a labor of charity for, for anybody involved, but what are the things that are actually going to get people to your site that then might make them want to jump behind that paywall? And something like obituaries could be a click driver right? It gets you in the door, especially in the context of, of not having um, posts on places like Facebook and Instagram anymore. You have to be thinking about the value that your website brings to the table and why someone would actually go visit your website. And if all the good stuff is behind a paywall, then eventually all those clicks are going to dry up anyway, because there's never going to be discovery. Yeah, it's um, it's a tricky balance oh, yeah. of you know I, I I get it. We live under a capitalist society. We all gotta make money. I don't like it, but I get that that's the way it is. Um, I think there is they do have to balance that. The what's the like the service to the community? What's that um that whole you know the, the right to know? That's what journalism and newspapers were all supposed to be about, right? Like what what does the community have a right to know? And can we offer those things, those necessary bits of information for free 
while also offering sort of additional content behind a paywall that people might not necessarily need to read in the immediate sense, but they'll want to read. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't have all the solutions, but <laughs> I just know that what's happening right now is not working. So may maybe this is something that as an industry, we need to think about Rebecca, maybe in just talk about it in circles. <laughs> Rebecca, maybe in 2024, you and I can fix the journalism industry, but maybe that's too much for 2023. Thank you for this. Have a lovely holiday season and uh, talk to you in the new year. Yeah, you too. Take care. That is Rebecca Dingwell, a journalist based in the Halifax area. Coming up after the break, an NDP MP is proposing giving volunteer firefighters a tax credit, a big tax credit. Elizabeth Moeller will bring that topic to the roundtable. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.